Hello, good people of Earth. You've found the Nomad Rising podcast. Apologise for taking so long on making episodes. Try and be a bit more frequent. Now I'm travelling. I've got to yeah, find that balance of fitting it in and putting that time aside. But I now find myself recording this intro in a little woods in South Somerset and working at a little community called Tinker's Bubble. And... I suppose I'll come to that in later episodes. Um, But this episode is with a friend I've made called Andy. Uh, In a little community I was volunteering at in Midwest Wales. I'm just going to be vague and leave the location there. Um, But yeah, I was volunteering in this place, working with some lovely people, small little community, growing some vegetables chickens and turkeys. I was helping them build a round wood timber frame, straw bale, little house. In terms of editing, I I didn't want to have to edit the conversation. I wanted to leave it as its raw thing, but yeah, the people I'm going to be having conversations with and quite often times intoxicated and so some of the stories and things they're gonna say and they're entrusted in telling me uh, there's a few things I'm just gonna have to edit out for just because I don't want to get them in trouble so there's a few little snippets edited out of this but most of the conversations there and without further ado the tale of Andy Podcast, Andy. Hiya. <laughs> All right then. Give us a bit of a background. So you're from Essex, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Essex. It's a interesting place. Pretty like normal, boring suburban existence. Um, yeah. Went to school. Got a job. Cut some grass. Worked for the council. Got very bored of Essex. Um, yeah. Moved to London because that seemed like a good idea at the time. Um, it's kind of where sort of so nearby so it's just where everyone goes if you try and escape yeah um, you got yeah. siblings uh yeah yeah i got a sister she's yeah. um she doing now gosh yeah she's 28 now oh, yeah. Like, yeah off being a nurse up in newcastle yeah, got nice. a proper job and doing all of that life yeah 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 that's nice. mm. what sort of kid were you in school um if it was America, I'd probably get classed as like potential school shooter. <laughs> it was like, yeah, would sort of kind of rock to like army surplus wool trench coat and like, um, yeah. was quite into like making fires when I was 15 and shit like that. <laughs> and yeah, I think probably these days I might have got a bit more of an intervention, but everyone was just like, oh no, it's weird. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. So you moved to London. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was just, you know, it's a place. There's people there. It's all big and exciting when you're young, you know. Did that for, what, about four or five years? No. Yeah, four years. Um, yeah, just working shit, labouring jobs, um, yeah. living in shit flats and getting drunk far too much. But, 
yeah it all kind of felt pretty like dissatisfying really you know yeah it's kind of the like knowing there's got to be something more but like not really knowing where to find it and like kind of you know it was a good laugh and like but everyone was just getting more like kind of basically growing up and like getting all career focused and like doing all that stuff and then like yeah the kind of had a falling out with my boss about the same time as like the rent was like not the rent um the like tenancy was up for renewal on the place i was living and it's just like i just like, sod this i'm bored and i just kind of like um just got like all my stuff well a bunch of my stuff and a tent and like put it on my bike and was like sod it i'm just gonna go ride my bike for two weeks yeah. and then how old are you then 24 yeah 24 yeah um yeah for some reason i went to norfolk because that i don't know i just started going north and wound up in norfolk and like yeah did that for a bit um and then decided like actually norfolk's kind of boring let's go south and decided to go and like see the south coast for a while um but like on the way down there i was in like windsor um and there used to be this place um called runnymede which it was like sort of an eco village sort of like a bunch of hippies living in the woods kind of thing um and just like didn't even really know i sort of knew it existed but didn't really know where it was and was just like sat by the river cooking some pasta and stuff and these like two people who lived there were a bit like oh you're traveling with your bike oh come come hang out with us for a bit and yeah went in went and like hung out with them for a while that was yeah it was an interesting place there was a lot of like sort of interesting theories about crop circles in the magna carta was like <laughs> kind of the um yeah predominant conversation there yeah um and yeah what was a setup so oh yeah it was it was a big place it was like must have been easily about 70 odd acres it was like um quite a steep hillside all covered in woodland and stuff and like it was um yeah it was, i think it was like it was a big old like university campus or like a big private school and there was like at the top of the hill there was this like massive derelict like old sort of georgian building thing and there was just a load of folks like living in shacks in the woods there that they'd um yeah they'd like it was one of them was just built like out of doors they'd like gone in the school and nicked all the doors and then <laughs> built a house out of it and like yeah various like cool sort of half built earth ships and like yeah yeah all this mad stuff there it was a bit of a like weird time to kind of rock up at the place because they were like just in court for like possession order and eviction and things mm. um and yeah and like basically I, while i was there i met um a few people who told me about like some other places and stuff um but then like yeah i just fucking woke up one morning and there's just fucking bailiffs everywhere and i was like oh fucking hell this is interesting i'm just like in the middle of an eviction i was like didn't really know what the fuck to do or like how i even felt about any of it or like wanted to be involved in it or not kind of had a bit of a run around with the bailiffs for a while was just like i like i don't even know you people like what the <laughs> fuck's going on here i can't i was supposed to be like had sort of half-baked plans to fucking try and cycle to spain and was a bit like i'm just i'm just gonna leave now yeah. <laughs> um, what were you living in so, oh, I was just in a tent at that yeah. point. Yeah, yeah, just biking a tent in fucking various hedges. But it was quite, yeah, it was quite cool. Like, 
met a bunch of interesting folk and was a bit like oh there's another life here and i i'm still going to chip off because that was kind of my plan but yeah this is kind of interesting and then yeah what happened after that then for some reason i cycled to bogner regis because bogner regis was just a place on a map and it was like yeah the, the sea's there let's go to sea um then what went what did i do from there went along the coast a bit and just like randomly ended up in New Haven and was like, oh, okay, there's a ferry here. Sod it, I'll get on the ferry. And then like, yeah, sort of found myself in France with like, and like smartphones existed and stuff at this point, but like I hadn't really bothered to adopt smartphones. Mm. Um, I'm just there with my like old little Nokia brick phone and like a fucking... It's like a like you know like the A to Z atlases. It was like an A to Z atlas of all of Europe. Yeah. Which is like it's kind of all right if you're like driving cars down the A roads and things. You can find your way around, but it's just like me on a bike with a little paper map in a fucking country I don't speak the language and like fucking no real plan or anywhere I'm going. Um and this map which like it didn't have all of the little small rural roads on it. It kind of have like the towns and the big roads that connected them. But I don't know, it sort of worked. And then, mm. yeah, how did I get up to in France? Um, lots of cycling, lots of getting rained on, lots of realizing that France is actually really big, <laughs> like yeah. really, really big. I was just like, yeah, it's, it's France, isn't it? It's just because I was like, I'm already halfway across France if I'm in Dieppe. Like, you know, I was what go to Bordeaux and go to Spain it'll be fine and no <laughs> this took a long time yeah like a really bloody long time and a lot of getting lost um oh a lot of oh god Le Havre I never want to go back to Le Havre in my life that like I might have seen the bad side of it but it took me like it took me about two and a half days to get out of that city because <laughs> like I not really know where I'm going and it's like it's got a huge port and like a huge rail like freight yard and a big oil refinery and i could kind of like go oh it's fine there's a bridge there i'll head for that bridge and just ended up in this weird like like no man's land of like the edge of a city where it's got like it was just like motorways and train yards and like the whole place smelt like tarmac as well because of the big oil refinery yeah. and just like yeah just lost in the rain trying to not get run over by french truck drivers and then happened after that eventually escaped la Havre after that um pretty uneventful really cycling from france apart from i nearly got shot by french pig hunters that was about one of the more interesting things that happened in france um so i'm like you know it's just it's night time i'm like yeah it's fine i'm just in some forest i'll put my tent up this is fine and I'd seen like a lot of guys in like pickup trucks with loads of dogs. Um, like the last few days I've been cycling through this forest. And I was like, oh, it's hunting season or something. That's fine. Um, but then like, yeah, the, the next morning I wake up really early and I can just hear this like this horn going and loads of dogs barking. Um, and yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on here? Like stumble out of my tent. Um, and yeah like and then basically there's like a load of dogs just come running through where i'm camped and i'm a bit like what the fuck's going on here and then i hear like 
a what must have been a gunshot and then like about fucking 15 foot away this bush just like goes like and is like clearly been like shot at a pig or something in this bush <laughs> while i'm still there in my like and it's like there's a little like hiking tent it's like dark green and i'm in a fucking bush <laughs> and it's just like what the fuck and i just like stand up and start waving my fluoro jacket about like <laughs> and then there's just like you know, these two old french guys with shotguns come strolling up just being like saying something at me in french that i don't understand <laughs> that was like obviously i think the effect of it was like what the fuck are you doing get out of my forest yeah. um it's like yeah i'll i'll do that <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah um that was yeah and then a lot more like fucking being lost in france getting rained on in france um oh i found out that um church is really good for sleeping in this was oh, the yeah. this is the one i found out was like yeah because it was like at some point my sleeping bag and everything just got soaked and it was just raining for like a week and then sort of found this like church which just had like a little church porch and was like oh, i'll just i'll just go in the porch oh the door's not locked and then <laughs> just yeah slept in like five or six churches after that that was pretty yeah. good <laughs> yeah then oh sooner or later ended up at like the pyrenees um pew pow I, I can't speak french i don't know how but yeah. it's a really cool little town with like a massive waterfall and gorge and stuff in it and then yeah just found this like random like well found what i thought was like a pretty sensible road to like try and get through the mountains on and i think i took a wrong turn or like lost the map um lost my way or something but i basically just ended up on like a four-lane motorway um <laughs> on my bike trying to fucking cycle over the Pyrenees which that didn't that wasn't fun at all <laughs> that was like trucks hurtling past me up a really steep hill while I'm just pushing my bike on the side of a French motorway which was not a good idea <laughs> um, and at some point I find this little random like it's just like a normal country road is like a bridge of the motorway going over it so I just chuck my shit over it and go down the embankment and then just sort of go could like see the mountains on the horizon and I was like well Spain's the other side of them. Let's do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and just fucking kind of went with like I can see the mountains. I'm just going to keep going up them. Um, did that for a while. It. I'd like to say I cycled over the Pyrenees, but I really didn't. I walked whilst pushing a bike over the Pyrenees. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, oh, it was the. Oh, it was like the 2014. It was basically at some point i ended up on this road which um it had loads and loads of graffiti on the road and like tour de france stickers and basically found out i was on like a what had been one of the mountain stages of the tour de france which is pretty cool mm. um just like pushing my bike up there for ages um yeah oh and this is in like fucking october as well because yeah, um yeah. for some reason i decided going traveling in like halfway through september was a good idea um yeah which was not a good idea because <laughs> it's fucking cold in the Pyrenees. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's really beautiful up there. Like, saw an otter, saw, like, huge birds of prey, like, and this beautiful, like, beautiful, it's big, like, cloudy pine forest going up and up and up. And then it's mental. You get to the top and then within half an hour, you're just in a desert. Um, okay. Like, yeah, it just completely changes. Um as you go down the Spanish side because of like where the rain goes, I guess. Yeah. Um, what happened after that? Uh, yeah, cycled around Spain a whole bunch. Um, 
fuck it. Oh, it was really fun coming down the Spanish side because it's just like downhill, downhill <laughs> for so long, yeah. but like still really cold. And like I didn't have any gloves either. Um, yeah. So like my hands are like freezing up and like I can't pull the brakes on my bike while going down this really sketchy mountain road. Um, and it ended up like taking my socks off and then like wearing my socks <laughs> as gloves, trying to not fucking die. Uh, I nearly crashed into a cow as well because there was a cow in the middle of the road. Um, yeah, cycled round Spain for a while. It wasn't, you know, it's very beautiful, but not that eventful. Just looked at a bunch of nature. Um, yeah, it's pretty much it. Um, chatted to a few like random Spanish people who were like, I don't speak Spanish either. So like, they're just like pretty much, um, what the hell are you doing here? You're in the middle of fucking nowhere. <laughs> like, where are you going? I'm like, well, I don't speak Spanish. I don't know. Yeah. Um, after that, uh, then I was kind of like, oh yeah, okay. I should probably like go and deal with my life a bit now. So went up to Bilbao, uh, got the ferry back from Bilbao. And then that took me to, Plymouth or Portsmouth or something and mm. when I was there I was kind of like um chatted chatted to some folk at Runnymede basically which had told me about another site called um like Yorkley Court which was nearby to well nearish by to where I was kind of going so I was like oh stop in there for a while and see what's going on um and yeah went to yeah went to Yorkley Court which was a pretty cool place it was like bit so it's a sort of big like strip of regenerating woodland um which is like i think it had previously been an open cast coal mine and then it was an army base and then it had just been abandoned for like about 50 odd years um and so there's just all these like scrubby willow trees and like these two big old kind of like like corrugated iron like semi-circular like army buildings like the sort of hangers you get um and then yeah a bunch of other folk living in the woods there and like that was yeah i kind of just planned to stop in there for a couple of weeks to like see what was going on and then it was like yeah it was a good place like the politics there was very good it was like it kind of so a bit of the backstory of it was that it was um part of a larger farm which um the owners of the farm had died without any heirs and that um like it had just been kind of left in this weird legal limbo um and a bunch of folks had gone there to squat it um kind of as like um kind of the focus of it or the reason for squatting it was kind of like around like people's access to land and sustainable living and like um yeah like kind of trying to do the peasant thing essentially but like it's not really possible in this country because you can't like without a lot of money you don't have any access to land um and that was like it lined up a lot with quite a lot of my personal politics and like beliefs and things of like things should be done small scale and more community based and things mm. and like yeah and when i was there were you like still 24 25 yeah yeah i think it was 25 by that point yeah yeah, yeah i think it was yeah i would have been because september birthday yeah so yeah um yeah all of this is quite a short period Oh, yeah quite a short period of time yeah, um yeah and then yeah they were kind of again fighting eviction at that point um and it had been there'd been a few attempts at eviction um 
like and they'd kind of they'd used to have um the the old farmyard further up the hill um that had kind of moved further down there'd been an attempt by the kind of weird corrupt local kind of semi coke dealing businessman who'd like bought the sort of bought the farm but sort of not bought the farm under some like really weird legal gray area off a corrupt solicitor that was supposed to be looking after it um and he tried to evict previously and um basically it failed because people had defended it so well mm. um so yeah got like quite involved in that and quite like like yeah let's fucking fight this one we can probably win it yeah. um yeah i saw a video on youtube of a yorkley court eviction <laughs> Mm. Well, they're trying to go in, and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they all got the fuck out of there. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking good fun. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, Christ, and like and some quite good defenses there and things. Um, and again, yeah, just sort of, yeah. This was what time was it? This would have been like January time by then. It was Dece- I was there for Christmas actually. I think I got there in about December, and it was about January time, and I was like was my tent at some point had completely like disintegrated basically and was just no good when i first moved there i was staying in this like old blue ridge tent which wasn't really waterproof anymore um but yeah it was all right i had like a tarpaulin over half of it and it was on a bit of a hill so i'm like staying in the tent and um yeah it was fine but when it rained the rain would get in but it had all run to the low side of the tent and that was kind of fine because I just slept on the high side, there was a tarpaulin, it was great, but there was a puddle, and the puddle was really fucking annoying. Um, But on very cold mornings, the puddle would freeze, and then you could pick the puddle up and throw it out of the door. Um, (laughs) Which, that, yeah, that was all right. It wasn't great, but it was all right. (laughs) And, yeah, I mean, it's... Like, thinking back on it now, I have no idea what the fuck I was playing at. Like, I would not live in like a situation like that well maybe i would if i had to but like yeah yeah i think it was there was like there was a good communal structure and you know hot food and a warmish living room and a big wood burner and you could dry out and i think like that kind of makes it possible living in a tent like that Mm. but but yeah it was um yeah it definitely made it and like there was interesting people around and fucking you could have a good laugh Yeah, yeah yeah Yeah, that made it very good. Um, yeah, what what was your call like? Like, most of you guys were all there. Mm. It's become now a legend to me now. Yorkie <laughs> Court is. Ah, uh, it's just um, I don't know how to really describe it. I've had vague ex. Okay, yeah, I suppose I've given you a like explanation of the like more physical side of it. It's quite ideologically varied from some people who were very like very ideological like very very political to kind of other folk that were kind of like i kind of yeah just like well where i was was just passing through and ended up getting caught up in it and then other folk who just kind of had become kind of quite burnt out and tired because of like living in that kind of situation is very tiring and like the sort of level of like physical like sort of survival needs are very tiring as well because we were you know there was there was no electricity we had solar panels but the solar panels could like provide you about four hours of electricity and this is december so it's basically like one candle in the middle of the living room after that is 
there's no phone signal no fun no running water all of the like all of the cooking all of the heating all of everything was just off of firewood we had to go and collect the firewood from the forest as well which was I mean that was one really good advantage to it was it was surrounded on three sides by forestry commission woodland on all the sides so you just go for a walk with a bow saw and get yourself some firewood yeah. which was that was pretty good um how many people were living there oh it really varied when i was there there was about 30 odd 35 people i'd say yeah. um but then towards like around february it went down to about 10 15 um and um, from what I heard in the summer, there was like 60 odd people there at times. Mm. And like, you know, and a lot of po like a lot of folk passed through and a lot of folk, um, yeah, kind of like would stop in or like have wider networks and things. And a lot of folk could just come for a party as well. And yeah. it was like, yeah, simultaneously really, yeah, it was a good laugh, but also like sometimes a bit disruptive, but there's uh, nothing yeah. wrong with that in it. It was, a, yeah. it was a big enough place that like, people could go off to their own place if they needed to um what were you doing for cash um i just i'd had like i had a little bit of money from when i'd finished work which was just kind of managed to eke it out and like wasn't really spending any money either you know because um my travel was all on my bike um wasn't paying anything for housing um we got like most of our food was coming from like well from the garden um from foraged food and also like lots of skipping as well so um yeah you know going going to waitress bins going to the supermarket bins and getting all the various leftover goodies yeah <laughs> yeah and you'd all just like eat communally yeah yeah, yeah it was kind of um it was a communal dinner done every night um and then there was like a cupboard of just help yourself to the food cupboard um yeah. so that was yeah yeah pretty good it got like you know, there was various points when um, things would get a bit low, but like not, it was never starvation mode or anything, but it was a lot like, oh, this week we've eaten parsnips for every meal because we've got <laughs> a lot of parsnips and nothing else. Um, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So yeah, I basically wasn't doing a lot for money because I didn't need to. And yeah, basically the only thing I spent money on was beer, basically. Yeah. Um, which definitely made things easier. And then, oh, how did that go? Yeah, like, yeah, basically, well, as with all squats, eviction time came round sooner or later. Mm. Um, and yeah, that was like, I don't know, I felt quite a connection to the place by that time. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to fight this one. And yeah, so I'd actually, actually had just got some work the day that the eviction came, which was really oh, yeah. fucking annoying. I was like 30 miles away doing some gardening. Um, just started and got a call at like 10 in the morning and was like oh no um you're right yeah shit the bailiffs are here like let's go back let's see what happens and um yeah and like basically by the time i'd managed to get back um they'd kind of caught people unawares because like we'd sort of you know we'd have morning watches and we'd have like normally when the bailiffs come they come early in the morning these ones came at about 10 30 quarter to 11 and people were all in the front field in the garden doing gardening and like this it basically meant that people weren't able to get to the defenses that um were in place and things like quite a few folk resisted and did a lot of things um but like they sort of claimed to have evicted the place by about 
six odd like five six in the evening um there were still folk on site but it was like the classic one of like no no you're evicted now um um like to fulfill their paperwork needs mm. um and that was that was a prop that was an eviction company a bunch of bailiffs and the police involved in that one um so yeah what happened that night um i again went on to site and had a bit of a run around but there wasn't like a lot to be achieved while there was about 45 bailiffs on site but then that night um yeah that night we'd all kind of like set up a camp in the woodlands for the people that were living there to go to and kind of you know went to the camp had a bit of a chat had a bit of a strat well semi strategize more of a just sort of chaotic shouting um <laughs> and a few of us were like well they're not there now let's fucking go back and they'd kind of most of the proper defenses they'd smashed down and um they'd rip the barricades out with a digger they'd um like a lot of the tree houses had been taken down like most of the points we'd built as defense had all been taken but there was um one of the big army buildings um that was there it was like about eh, about three story high corrugated like iron hangar type structure um was still standing and there was about seven or eight of us i'd say um went back in and we like occupied the hangar structure in the night we barricaded the doors closed and um there was a ladder which you could get up through the middle of it um onto the roof of it and um yeah so then we're we're in there we lock ourselves in for the night and like the next morning we kind of wake up and there's like what's going on then um it was all kind of quiet and there was no one around and um yeah then a little while later um there was kind of a much there was some bailiffs and some security guards with them anyway um yeah and like a quite a lot of like random workmen and a dumper coming along i think to like try and continue clearing site and destroying our homes and things um because they'd gone round they'd gone round with a digger and smashed everyone's homes flat but they hadn't really cleared anything up and during the night people had been going back on and like salvaging useful things like the wood burners and good tarpaulins and like personal possessions and stuff um and yeah then sort of uh right so i don't really know how to explain this without basically there were security and bailiffs coming onto site various things happened they then left site very rapidly um and we were like great well we've we've got it we fucking got the place back um and for like the next six or seven hours um yeah like there was no one which is like well let's fucking crack on and a bunch like by this point a lot of our friends from further afield were arriving and there was like yeah it must have been about 20 30 people all back on site and we're like sort of a combination of trying to build new barricades um and also try and salvage the like what we can and the useful things and um <laughs> yeah one of the things was like we had um had this game called zombie side and it was this really cool like co-op board game which had become a bit of a like weird cult of long winter evenings <laughs> and there was like one the sort of communal building that it was in had been like smashed with a digger flat and there was like this kind of it was corrugated iron with two brick walls and um myself and my mate had like kind of 
a bit like potholing style, like slithered our way in between the layers of like corrugated iron and brick into the remnants of the kitchen and like mined out this fucking um, like remnants of this board game, which um, actually one of my mates I think has still got that board game, which is quite <laughs> cool. Really good board game actually, if you want to like, yeah, if you fancy a cooperative board game based around zombie survival, yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> um, anyway, what happened after that? So yeah, it's, it was kind of all quiet for a while and it was like a nice sunny like spring morning where everyone was just kind of like sat around drinking the homebrew that we'd also salvaged out of the communal. And then, oh God, then basically like the cops show up <laughs> um, and it wasn't just like the local Forrester Dean police, which you can kind of tell them to fuck off because there's only four of them and they can't be bothered. Mm. There was about 80 odd cops in riot police. Uh, like in full riot gear um and they even had the fucking armed police there yeah 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 there was like um geez they had like full-on like submachine guns and these big black shields and shit and then also there was like five or six armed police and they'd kind of they came in and like basically everyone that was up for resisting um we all pulled back to the hangar that was there and um yeah kind of everyone got back onto the roof because it was like a bit like yeah, you can sort of fuck the bailiffs off. We're not going to be able to get rid of the armed police, are we? Yeah. Um, and then it ended in this weird sort of standoff where everyone's like on the roof of this hangar, um, completely surrounded by a big ring of armed police. Um, just sort of like sat there going, well, now fucking what? Um, <laughs> and that that's kind of how that went for about three or four hours while we're getting more pissed on the homebrew that we'd salvaged. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and oh, what happened after that? Then, yeah, basically a lot of time passed, and eventually they brought a digger in, um, and they had the I think they were from Bristol, but it was like a police climbing team that were trained to like climb and um, get hippies out of trees, basically. Um, <laughs> and they started like trying to trying to make moves to evict the site, and. Mm. So there was a few like of the defences still standing, one of which was like a big net slung from the like inside of the roof of the hammer um, of the hangar, which me and my friend, we both got into that because it was like, well, it's it's there. We might as well be in it. Um, and I was actually one of the first people to get evicted off of the site the second day because they came for the came for the net first. So um, it's a bunch of people all sat on the roof and we're just chilling out in this big hammock basically and they they come with a it's a fucking huge digger and just like rip the doors off the hangar while we're in there and um like come in with the digger and they hadn't told the digger driver that we were in the, like the cops were in there they knew we were up there because we've been talking to them but they hadn't told the digger driver um that we were in the net and he's like scraping around clearing all the crap from below it um and there was these like for some reason, we had a load of cow bones, um, and people had tied cow bones to the to the yeah, to the bottom of the net with rope, and it one of them caught on the arm of the digger, and as he's pulling, it like starts fucking pulling the net off of the roof, and it's like, you know, it's basically like football like football goal nets is kind of what it's the material is. It's mm. not particularly strong stuff, and it's only tied on in four or five places. Yeah, and it's just like see it stretching and starting to rip while I'm fucking like three stories up above a digger um and i like it was a bit scary for a while then i did a lot of shouting and the digger driver was like oh shit um and <laughs> chilled the fuck out um 
So like to get us out of the net, they got this like giant orange bouncy castle type thing, basically. And like rolled it out underneath us. And this um like this police climber, he like comes up on the bucket of the digger and then like attaches himself with ropes all to the roof and things and like very carefully, carefully climbs like up and then um it's kind of like gone to the far end of the net, but there wasn't really anywhere else to go. So I just like wrapped myself up in a big cocoon between like a couple of layers of the net and just was like, I'm just going to be as tangled as I can to be as fucking annoying as I can to you. <laughs> um, they tried like fucking bending my thumbs back and pressure pointing me to try and like get me out of the net. And it was like, well, that's kind of, they gave up on that after a while because I was just like, mate, I'm really fucking tangled in this net. I actually can't get out of it. <laughs> So then he spent like 25 minutes with a pair of really crap scissors, like <laughs> trying to cut me out of it. Um, which, oh, and at some point his scissors broke as well. It, it, was, it, it was a pretty comedy experience, basically, because yeah. I'm just like ripping the piss out of this cop. It's um, like, for fuck's sake, have you not got the budget for like decent scissors and stuff? And then that's going to find him some more scissors. Um, and then like, yeah, and eventually they like cut me out of that. Um, and then they just cut a fucking hole in the main net and then just like pushed me through the hole into this big fucking bouncy castle thing. Yeah. And then I got jumped on by about five cops and um, yeah, then I went to Quedgley Police Station and fucking hell, Quedgley. It was, I've been arrested a few times. I was the weirdest one. Like um, you get like, you get this weird like fucking police station butler, basically. It's like, so there's like, you know, when you get nicked, you get taken in by the police that have nicked you. They take you to the desk and they do all your details and everything. And then you get taken to a cell. But this one, there was this weird guy in like, oh, this really bad, like sort of pale green polo shirt. Um, It was a bit like, oh yes, come with me, sir, now. Oh, we'll just do your height. And it was just, it just felt like a sort of weird kind of concierge butler-esque situation. <laughs> It was like, what the fuck are you? And why do you exist? <laughs> like, <coughs> um, yeah. And then, I mean, just, yeah, that's getting nicked. Basically, it's just really fucking boring. <laughs> um, yeah. You just sit in a cell for a while and eventually you get out and sometimes you get charges and sometimes you don't. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, that was uh, basically at some point we got out and went back to um, where a bunch of the other folk from site had all set up a camp in the woods. And we'd... Um, yeah, and then we kind of drifted around just living in spruce plantations for a while. Um, and you with any of these guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of these folk were here, actually. Um, yeah. yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah. Basically, fucking everyone except Dave, who lives here now, was yeah. um, doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, and we'd. Yeah. Okay. So previously, there'd been. Um, an eviction of like some new age traveler types that were living just on the other side of the forest from us and we had like you know doing similar things like a lot of them like were mates with them basically um and they'd got evicted off of a site in this town called cinderford a while previous and a load of us had gone down and like um helped like didn't really do a lot but just like stood around and well, there were some numbers there so the bailiffs couldn't try and take the piss with them too much um and like yeah yeah, and then, oh, that was actually a funny little side tangent, is, so, after, um, after they'd got evicted off of the first site, um, 
everyone from there they all drove in convoy to the local council offices and parked up in the car park <laughs> um, <coughs> which was very funny because there's like there must be about 10 or 12 big traveller lorries all parked in a fucking car park of the local council while they're all like locking the doors and like fucking shitting themselves and looking out the window <laughs> and then there was this weird like hilarious standoff between like someone coming out and being like what are you doing and they're like well you evicted us so we live here now um, <laughs> like they had no intention of ever staying there but it was just to try and annoy the council <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah um basic that it, it kind of ended basically with the council were like, we really want them out of our car park. And they had this council owned, it was like an old council depot or something. And they were like, look, just go there for a few days till you get sorted. It's fine. And it ended up with someone from the council giving this, um, yeah, like sort of dreadlock tattooed traveller woman a pair of bolt cutters to go and cut the fucking lock off of a council depot. <laughs> um, and a little letter of permission to do it, which was fucking hilarious. <laughs> um but anyway, as a result of that, they'd um, they didn't want to live in the council depot anyway, so went and got went and took a new site, which was like um, a bit further away. But it was quite a big site, and they had a lot of space. So um, yeah, they kind of they knew we'd been evicted, and they'd been down to try and help out, but there wasn't like a lot to be done. Um, and they kind of were like, "Look, we've got a lot of space. Do you guys want to kind of come move on to our bit?" Like. Um, yeah, so a bunch of us then moved on with them, um, and yeah, that was quite, it was quite a cool site. It was like, um, it's the Weybridge yard of an old coal, um, coal mine, so it's like right in the woods. Um, big lump of tarmac, then down onto like a big sort of like muddy turning circle area at the bottom, and um, yeah, we all moved on to there, and like they had, they had a reasonable amount of space, so yeah, everyone just went there and kind of a lot of folks just kind of hung out for a bit and there was like there was quite a lot of like trauma and like people not really knowing what to do because there'd been a very strong sense of community and a very like um yeah like strong sense of connection to the land um at Yorkley Court and things and it was a bit like yeah a lot of folk were quite fucking um upset about it basically and mm. kind of hung out there for a while um yeah and like a lot of folk kind of gradually drifted away um and like the folk that were more i don't know a lot of folk wanted to go back to the city a lot of folk um had other places to go and things and then like a bunch of like yeah i'd say seven or eight of us i think in the end maybe a few more ended up staying and we kind of like yeah i've got a fucking like Got a lot of respect and a lot of gratitude to fucking like the new traveller people in this country because they fucking sorted us right out. Because mm. we were like, um, you know, we were kind of a bunch of like chaotic squatters who could kind of like live out of the bins and fucking go and squat a bit of land somewhere, but like weren't necessarily like I don't know. Were quite like no one really ever had any money. No one really ever had any like. Um, sort of security or like um no one really had a vehicle or anything or any like that which made life very difficult when it like we became more unstable and didn't have a like long-term site to be on um yeah they helped us out a lot and they sorted us out with like um work connections they gave us a caravan to have as a communal space and like also just fucking put up with us being like fucking 
irritating like young lot getting pissed and fucking doing chaotic things um which was like yeah a lot of fucking gratitude and respect for that and like well we were there i mean those of us that stayed long term were there we're about two years on that site in the Mm. end um and kind of like gradually because it was quite a like definitely different communities and different ways of life at the beginning but it kind of all merged into one and like yeah, it was quite good. It took a quite a while for it to happen, but um, yeah, it was good. Um, How did that place function? Um, it was a lot more like a lot more independent. So it's like everyone has their truck or has their caravan and has their tow vehicle, and people are a lot more independent and like not necessarily reclusive, but like keep to themselves, cook for themselves, um, sort themselves out. Um, and then like we'll hang out of an evening and have a fire and socialize like when they feel like socializing opposed to like every dinner is together like we think about like yeah i i feel like it's a lot more of a sustainable model to be honest because like the kind of it's very intense living in communities um and i think that level of like independence and autonomy is really good um yeah, I think it functioned a, mo- a lot more like a traditional village than um, than kind of the like, we're going to do a commune bit because mm. there's a lot of, yeah, have seen and have heard of a lot of madness that comes from the commune bit. Uh, I need to take a piss. Oh, how long do you actually want this to be as well? Because that is a thing with podcasts, isn't it? Uh, go on as, as long as we want, basically. Uh, nice one. Cool. Ready to start again? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, oh, Weybridge site. Um, what else happened at the Weybridge site? I mean, it was, yeah, it was a pretty interesting place. Like, definitely learned a lot there. Learned a lot more of, like, a much more sustainable way of living on the road, I think. And, like, actually tying travel and employment. That was, like, something I've always done since there. It was, like, you know, rather than travel you know get a job earn a load of money and then travel and just like burn your money and eventually have to like go back to getting a job and a flat and all of that crap and i'd like pretty thoroughly decided i didn't want to do that by then yeah Um, that's what i'm trying to figure out right now yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. seasonal work all the way it's um get paid to travel it's a good one yeah what sort of things would you do then uh, um, first one I started doing was like festival work and litter picking and like, yeah, it's really good laugh. <laughs> like, I mean, it's also bloody hard work and fucking grim a lot of the time because you are just like picking up rubbish all day, every day. But, you know, I'd, I was already like well into getting my food out the bins. So just like yeah. sort of furthering my rubbish based sustenance was, um... <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely good. I did that for... Oh, God, how many years... I'm still doing it. Like, how many years have I done that now? It's like getting on seven years, I think. I've worked Mm. for... um, Yeah, worked doing Festival Waste. And started off the first year, I was just, like, litter-picking away. You know, you're just getting a big old line, put everything in a bin bag. And, like, you find, like... You find everything you could ever need. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Christ. Like, I remember the first the first big job I did. I had um, oh, I had this fucking haggard old transit van um, at the time, which I'd like 
I'd worked like all summer doing like odd jobs and gardening and like a few little festivals and just about scraped together enough to get this completely fucked old transit. Um, and yeah, I just like I rammed it floor to ceiling. <laughs> like it wasn't converted, it wasn't a living or anything. It was just floor to ceiling with random shit. Like some of it, you, you know, just like pallets, about fifty pairs of like low quality walking boots. Like ah, <laughs> uh, about like. The thing was so overweight. I was like, if I'd got pulled over and put on a waverage, I would have just lost my license because I just <laughs> filled it with like tinsel and muddy cans of Fosters. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was, yeah. And that would have been, yeah, I did did that for the first summer after Yorkley, like bounced around doing festival work. And then that winter, like, didn't really have a lot on. And we just kind of hung around the woods at that point And like, we went a bit, uh, I don't want to say feral, but like, we, people were like, we were getting really into archery and like making bows and things. And um, like, we'd found these road, like, so there's wild boar in the forest of Dean as well, which are these like hefty wild pigs. And like, um, every now and again, want to get hit by a truck. And this was <laughs> fucking great because then you end up with like, 150 kilos of beautiful free-range wild boar um, yeah. and like yeah we just get like i think that first winter we had three wild boar between like it's probably about 20 odd people 25 people living on site and so about maybe 15 of us were meat eaters so at some point we'd end up like someone would just be out driving or out walking the dog and find a roadkill wild boar and um then yeah we'd like butcher it and um god we like it just became like this weird gluttonous like fucking oh yeah it felt it felt very like old timey basically because we sat around like a fire under a tarpaulin with this like shonky a-frame made out of trees and this old flappy tarpaulin that's like gone black with the smoke of the fire because that was like the um communal space we had just eating ridiculous lumps of pork because like no one's got <laughs> no one's got a fridge no one's got like access to any way of keeping it we tried a few times trying to smoke it and salt it and it always just went fucking grim and green <laughs> so it just ended up as like someone's got a boar and then the next like fucking week or so was just trying to eat as much meat as you could <laughs> before we inevitably had to go and bury it in the woods yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that was funny oh this is this was earlier in the year, but there was this mental Czech guy called Damien who came to stay with us. Um, and he'd like, basically he'd found an owl that had been hit by a truck. And like the owl was like, um, it was still alive, but it was obviously fucked. It was going to yeah. die. And we were like, look, Damien, take it to the vets, man. It's a fucking like, they'll sort it out. And he's like, no, no, I'm going to help the owl. I'm going to heal it. I'm like, fucking trying to like he was trying to look after this owl and he was like he was fucking nuts like and we, everyone was a bit like i just don't want to get involved to be honest like just good luck to your mate but that owl is fucked and then like fucking one morning i wake up and it's like it's about 8 30 in the morning and i find damien fucking barbecuing this owl which had obviously died because it was gonna die um over a fucking fire made from blue pallets and it's like we're in the middle of the woods. 
Like we're surrounded in like one of the biggest forests in the south of England on like all sides of us. And for some reason he's found a blue pallet and that's what he's using to cook this owl instead of just getting wood from the forest. Yeah. And it was just a very weird scene to wake up to was a fucking mental check man fucking barbecuing an owl at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> oh, whilst drinking vodka as well. Um, yeah. And he used to sleep like... Um, he didn't have a vehicle, he didn't have a tent, and we like we offered him a tent and stuff, but he just got a tarpaulin and like a duvet, and he'd lay the tarpaulin and duvet on the ground and then like roll himself up in it like a Swiss roll and then just fucking sleep in that. <laughs> and like just like in the bottom of a bush. And then one day, like and then he was just gone. Oh no, there was Oh, there was some other folks that came with him who were a bit fucking like not funny mental like kind of bad mental and we had to tell him to leave and he ended up going with them and i never know what the hell happened to him i wonder sometimes but like yeah, yeah he was an interesting bloke um yeah uh, that's anyway where was that before that oh yeah the fucking festival work yeah um yeah good laugh if you if you want to get out of your house and find a lot of people that want to like that live itinerant lifestyles and more connections for um seasonal work and things and like people that actually live on the road properly and like earn their living and have done it for years and years i'd go and work festival waste like mm. um it's yeah it's good you learn about like you learn yourself a good paycheck you'll fucking you won't you won't need to buy anything like some of the big jobs they last for like two three weeks and you won't spend a penny the whole time you're there you come away with money in your pocket and all the free beer you could ever drink and like you'll meet a lot of very interesting and a lot of very sound people yeah um, and you get to go to the festival for free as well oh uh, yeah you yeah. get to go to the festival for free and the flip side of it is, is it makes you fucking hate festivals and it makes you fucking hate everyone that ever goes to a festival. <laughs> yeah. Like, seriously, I've touched, like, I keep doing it because I fucking like the job and I like the people, but my favourite part of a festival now is when they turn the music off and everyone goes the fuck home and it's just like me and my mates and the rubbish. <laughs> yeah. And then I fucking enjoy myself. <laughs> but yeah. Um, oh, well, yeah. And then whatever happened after that, um so yeah and eventually yep weybridge site got evicted as all sites ever get evicted um and we moved to we actually moved to the other end of the town to the site that the folks that um before we ever lived with them um had been living on before they moved to the council car park we just moved back to the same place um <laughs> And they're still there to this day. And it's oh, coming yeah. up to, I think it's coming up to the fourth or the fifth anniversary of a squat in that site. Um, oh, nice. And they're still living there. And I think the fact that we um, fucking went and caused the council a bit of hassle just made them decide to leave us alone, basically. Mm. Um, How yeah. did the Weybridge eviction go? Um, oh, we just fucked off. Yeah. It was like, it wasn't worth fighting for, basically. It was just a bit of concrete in the woods. And that's another yeah that's a, that's another side to the like um the kind of vehicle based thing is like your home your home has wheels opposed to your home being because i think like just the one with squatting is like sooner or later they always come 
whatever you do, no matter how hard you fucking dig, and no matter how hard you defend, they're always going to come sooner or later. So if you've got wheels, like, yeah, you lose a bit of concrete. Yeah. You lose a bit of concrete, maybe you lose a job because you've got to move out of the area, but, like, you've still got your home. You've still got your fucking... You've still got your little island or your little lifeboat or whatever it is, but it goes with you. And, like, yeah, it's a fucking... Yeah, the new police bill that's coming through and, like, outlawing the fucking... Yeah, people living on land in vehicles mm. is bad. It's yeah. really fucking bad because, like... It's a nomadic way, like it's a continuation of a nomadic way of life that has been around as long as people have been around, mm. and it's one of the fucking like, is one of the freest and one of the fucking, like, I don't know the best word. I don't even know what word to use, but like, it's something innate in humans is that like, people people do like some people will want to live transiently and yeah. like, yeah. But- yeah, humans were nomadic, weren't we? Yeah, We'd move it? around, we, you, know, you don't stay in the same place, you go from site to site, resources mm. get scarce if you stay in the same yeah. place for too long. Yeah, in it. Yeah. It gives you, I think they don't like the, um, they don't like the freedom people have because it's, if your home has wheels, um, and you know, everyone, like basically everyone who lives like that, they all work quite hard. Um, and like, if your home has wheels and you've got money in the bank, if your boss is being a prick, you can just say whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Like, throw your water butt in and go 300 miles away and find a new job. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I think they don't like people being that free. Mm. Um, this thing has gone through, it's a bill. And, again, mm. bills and acts, they're not laws. Okay, <sighs> I'm sure the police, and eventually it doesn't work out that way, but I'm pretty mm. sure bills and acts... They only work like they're only act as laws if they have the consent of the governed. Mm. So if you don't technically agree with that, yep, shouldn't officially have any effect. It's it should like there's there's what should officially happen and there's what happens in practice. And like you've got to try and I always found the kind of the only real well until it becomes. that's hopeful but if it would become a mass movement and a mass refusal of things you have power in numbers and this is something i say to anyone who wants to go and like live in a vehicle is um don't fall for the fucking hashtag van life or the fucking pretty instagram pictures like make yourself some friends and fucking do it together because Mm. like you're very you're vulnerable on your own you're like you can be moved on you're always trying to fucking look over your shoulder it's it's diff and if you if something fucking breaks if you fucking if your van breaks down or if you fucking some shit happens like you're on your own like fucking make some friends and do it together like you're fucking you're strong in a group you're not fucking like no one can be an individual yeah it's like you gotta like keep your shit together and keep mobile and like yeah look after yourself but also like fucking yeah try be part of a wider group and realize you are part of a fucking long long tradition of people living and moving and working fucking like living that way it's not yeah yeah basically it's a fucking good thing and it's a powerful thing and like especially when you're up against the mafia of the police fucking (laughs) that yeah that one basically is like you will fucking end up getting a lot of hassle off the cops and yeah mm. and also don't be fucking apologetic either don't fucking like don't hide away and try and like 
have this stealth van that no one knows you're there. Like, you know, fuck you, paint it rainbow colours and fucking have four dogs in your water butt outside. And yeah. like, yeah, this is me. And like, I'm a fucking valid person and I've got an important, like, important role to play in this fucking world. And like, to try and normalise it. And mm. yeah, it's a fucking... Ah, I don't know. But also, I like to be quite fucking provocative sometimes. So <laughs> yeah. It's not always the easiest thing to do. Mm. Yeah, I think it would be hilarious to watch that cop try and untangle you from that net. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they get a lot of suck, I'd imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to tell you about a few, like, a few of the other times I've got nicked. Because, like, yeah, it's not... Yeah, it's not, like... Never aim to get arrested because that's just fucking stupid. Yeah, yeah, it's just fucking boring. Like, you know, sometimes it happens, and you're in a situation like where you can't avoid it. But like, yeah. Um. <laughs> so one time I got nicked for skipping. Um. So I'm like, you know, hiding away in fucking Waitrose. <laughs> um. <laughs> and like, you know, get me like, oh, bagels. Yep. Trifle. Yep. Ah, oh, four pack of beer. Yep. Wonderful. <laughs> um. And like, so the, it was the Waitrose in Monmouth. Um, and like, there's a camera basically. And like, we'd done that Waitrose loads. Um, and the camera, it normally looks at the bridge, but it can, t- it can tilt and sometimes it looks up the high street. And you know, to get into it, you could either slip under the gate or you could climb over the back wall. And like, the back wall was a bit of a pain in the ass, but there was no camera. But the front gate was like, you could squeeze under it and that was fine. But you had to always check the camera was facing to the bridge. And I kind of just got a bit lazy and complacent and the camera wasn't facing to the bridge. So there's me and my mate are in there, like filling up our backpacks with fucking frozen chickens and pizzas and <laughs> all of this like wonderful bounty of the Waitrose bins. Um, and then like, we kind of like, we've got out and we're walking back to the car and like, actually I even got into the car, sorry. Um, and we got yeah, got into the car and fucking we're driving out of the car park and three police cars came fucking screaming round the road like proper fucking like oh bad 80s cop film style with all the lights <laughs> blaring and there's like two of them fucking like do this weird like swerve outwards and block the road in front of me while one drives around behind they come like running over and be like take the keys out take the keys out put your hands on the wheel and like <laughs> like proper giving it aggro and yeah. it's just like me and my mate are in the car just fucking like in stitches laughing because it's like this has got to be the entire of fucking monmouth police force yeah. are out to deal with like a couple of fucking hippies taking frozen pizzas out of the bin um how dare I, you take food we're gonna throw mm, away yeah Mm. I never know like I never found out what it was that they thought I was doing but like they were just like what are you doing I was like just skip him man look <laughs> frozen food all out of date like yeah. well not even just but I've got a car full of fucking out of date Waitrose food <laughs> what and then they were like I mean we were just we were fucking laughing so much um <laughs> I bet like and they first started trying to like give us an on the spot fine and they were trying to get our details off of us and like my mate at the time didn't want to give him his details um and all of this and like we were we were really taking the piss out of them i mean like we probably wouldn't have got arrested if we hadn't taken the piss out of them so much but there was definitely the freight some 
I'm pretty sure he said something along the lines of, we found some donuts earlier. How about I give you those and we can all go home? <laughs> um, and like, yeah, we, we got nicked. <laughs> um, and they fucking, oh, they import, they impounded my fucking car and they took it to, to yeah, they took it to Krakow, um, which is sort of South Wales, fucking miles yeah. away from where I were. They took me and my mate to fucking Newport police station. Um, and we were like in Newport and like, because they, they were proper, like, they were trying to wind us up because we'd fucking taken the piss out of them, basically. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, fucking, like, oh, they're just, like, being really aggro the whole driveway there. And I get I get there, basically, and the, like, custody sergeant, the, like, guy on the desk who's kind of, like, in charge of the cells and stuff, he's just like, they've what? Why have you brought them here? Um, I just thought, And he's just like, oh, all right, just, like, yeah, just get some sleep, mate. <laughs> um, and like, yeah, fucking spend the night in Newport Police Station. Um, fucking, again, really fucking boring. Just <laughs> sit in a fucking box for ages. Like, going, yep. And then you get a really disappointing fucking like cup of tea in a kebab box full of cornflakes in the morning. <laughs> and they do, um, yeah, uh, and they they would not believe that I wasn't on heroin. This was the like thing that came out in the morning. Because I was like, yeah, I fucking, I was cycling a lot at that point and I was like quite skinny because I was doing a shitload of exercise and living outside. And I was also quite dirty because I was living in the fucking woods and mm. Newport's got quite a like big drugs problem. And they just, about five or six times, they were like, look, come on, like we're not, you're not going to get in trouble. We just want to give you some help with your addictions. They just wouldn't fucking believe I wasn't on heroin until yeah. like, about fucking 10 the next morning, some random, like, nurse, I don't know, anyway, some medical person who's something to do with the police station, like, they brought a fucking crack and heroin test in and test me, was like, oh, you're not actually on drugs, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, and then eventually they let us go, and we fucking, yeah, got the car back. Um, that's one time. Um, mm. Yeah, and then, oh, actually the other, I've only been nicked three times actually, and the other time was just when I was fucking really young and got kicked out of the pub, um, fucking, yeah, then fucking climbed, climbed over the back wall of the pub, fell off the back wall of the pub because I was shit-faced drunk, and went face-first through a table with an off-duty cop sat at it, so <laughs> that, that didn't go well. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'd kind of, yeah, so I'd like kind of got a bit of a taste for fucking doing protest site stuff at that point because yeah. um, winding up police and bailiffs is fucking funny basically <laughs> um yeah and then got involved with this site um down in surrey called leaf hill which was um they were trying to drill an oil well in the middle of this fucking like area of outstanding natural beauty in the middle of a forest in the fucking surrey hills which is like didn't know there was fucking oil in surrey and like what are you playing at trying to do an oil well there? Mm. Um, so we fucking... Anyway, it's like, it was a pretty cool setup. There was this, like, giant fucking pallet castle thing, essentially, um, that was, like, built on where the drill site was going to be. And I went down there a few times, um, just kind of hang out, help build defences, like, that kind of thing. Um, did a bit of tunnels, did a bit of tree houses, that, that sort of thing. Um... And then I'm just, like, back at home in the Forest of Dean and hear, like, oh, shit, the bailiffs have come. And there's, like, a few of my mates are inside the Pallet Castle and, like, we're like, well, we, we're we not... Fuck. Um, 
but we just we go down anyway and it's just a weird standoff with them inside the fucking castle and like um sort of surrounded by police and security and a few folks the other side of the road just like seeing what's going on and we yeah, they're about four in the afternoon maybe we wait until about maybe two uh, I don't know, it's probably about one two in the morning um me and another mate we go fucking sneaky sneaky through the woods sneaky sneaky and like fucking we we snuck well too hard basically <laughs> we went like half a mile down the road and we're like fucking belly crawling through the woods to like sneak up to where the fucking because they had they did have security in the woods walking around but like security are fucking useless in the woods at night like they have a head torch on and they just stay on the paths and like as long as like you can see exactly where they are because they've got a head torch and as long as you just don't go on a path and like see where they are you can sneak up on them and we fucking yeah eventually we fucking get up to the fence line and like go fucking running in and like climb over the wall of the castle and then fucking like get yeah get in there and um yeah and then it's like the next day and the folks that are in there um that were like our friends were a bit like fucking like obviously pretty shaken up because they're like what the fuck's gone on here they're like really on edge because they're halfway through an eviction and we just come fucking like like cr well like running and climbing over the wall of their castle and they just remember like this guy i won't name him actually but that yeah this guy's like there with a fucking bit of wood like at first like what the fuck it's like oh you're right andy yeah yeah it's fucking that was quite funny mm. and then fucking um yeah we just get like sit around for ages and eventually they um bailiffs try and come in and um then there's like there's a few towers with folks in it um and people doing that and then i'm um in a lock-on on the floor which is like lock-ons they're basically like you get a big heavy thing and you lock yourself to it in a way that makes you very difficult to get out mm. um and then they spent about probably about two and a half hours trying like three hours maybe trying to cut me out of that because it's a big old lump of concrete with my arm inside it all padlocked together <laughs> um in the process of this like while they're doing that um the head of the fucking like eviction team which is um there's a really weird group called specialist group international who's like their their, their main day-to-day -day work is they do like um like mine rescue and like confined spaces rescue and also like um like forensic diving but they've got this little like sideline in evic evicting protesters yeah um and fucking like basically the head of the company comes up and he's like yeah you've done a really good job on this one <laughs> it's just fucking really funny because there's like the bailiffs are always really fucking aggro but there's just this like random sort of like guy who just looks like sort of a member of like the ramblers association or like a fucking like pot ways well, they are basically all potholing nerds um just coming up being like really chipper and being like oh i really like what you've done with this oh it's the best tunnel i've seen for years like <laughs> i'm really fucking chipper and it's like anyway right and then kept the fucking angle grinder out <laughs> yeah. um yeah and fucking got in the daily mail for that one that was quite <laughs> funny yeah um that's the that's the most fucking yeah that was the fucking last proper protest site stuff i've done um i dipped in and out of it a bit since then and mm. like yeah if anyone fucking like if you find that world appealing and interesting like get yourself to one of the anti-hs2 camps they're like 
there's good folk there and it's a fucking good fight and like i am old and tired and can't fucking hack living on fucking on full yeah on sites full time anymore but like yeah yeah if you fucking if you want the fight or even if you don't want the fight if you just fucking want like that sense of purpose they need all sorts of people they need people who want to fucking do dramatic things they want people who'll fucking make cups of tea mm. they want people who can just talk to people and be reasonable and like just yeah yeah like it's you never fucking the inertia to try and go and join these things is very difficult i think um and like i spent fucking years sat in my bedroom bored as fuck knowing that there was another world out there but not knowing how the fuck to find it yeah and like just fucking go basically <laughs> just go like fuck the plan fuck the long term just like pack a bag and fucking go and like yeah yeah basically find yourself like yeah you work it out on the way and the best mm. advice i can give someone is like yeah just try and find some work that doesn't like tie you down like see a work with a finish date you know if you like fuck jobs because you just like people they feel like they own you after too long but a job like or blocks of work like going doing apple picking going doing fucking fruit picking working the festivals when they still existed and fucking they should be back next year hopefully like the massive shortage of staff in the events industry at the moment so yeah yeah if you want to get into it now's a good time or well next season's a good time yeah um yeah or tree planting as well tree planting is a fucking brilliant one that'll keep you employed through the winter yeah and then what else um I suppose like this place and how the fuck we ended up here yeah mm. we so um my ex-partner um like she had a bit of inheritance money um and had been wanting to do something good with it for fucking quite a long time basically and um yeah we'd had like all these weird fucking amorphous plans of like oh buy land do this do that and like we looked around fucking jesus we spent like two and a half years three years maybe looking at different bits of land and trying to just be like can we live here can we make this work can anything like <clears throat> we literally we looked like we went to france fucking looked all around the south of france like we went to scotland we've been to fucking devon we've been all over fucking west of england um and where were you staying at this point um <clears throat> oh a few different places like um this is when we we're living like forrester dean we also um we lived in Reading for a while, we lived in France for like six months, six months, like three months maybe. Yeah, um, just bouncing around different places and projects because, mm. yeah, again, if your house has wheels, it's yeah. fucking easy to go. Um, yeah, yeah, um, looked at some fucking ridiculous things. Um, yeah, and just like tried to buy a lot of places which just weren't, uh, I don't know, there's like, I didn't even try and buy. Tried to buy some fucking woods in um uh near to Swansea. It was like twenty odd, twenty-five acres of like nice woodland on the side of a valley, which we thought maybe we'd get away with living there. Um and then like, you know, we'd put an offer in on it and we were getting everything like together. It was probably gonna happen, and we find out that there's a tree protection order on the entire of the woods and that like it pretty much the whole plan we had was to start a um coppice based like firewood and charcoal business as to be the like the planning blag that had let us be there and it was like well that's fucked great that's not gonna happen 
Um, tried to buy an old orchard in Hay on Wye as well. That was um, that was fucking. That was a really nice place. It was six acres of old orchard with a field and some nice big poly tunnels, like down by the river. Like very, it was a very pretty spot. But um, yeah, again, we just fucking massively outpriced on that and looked at like. Jesus Christ, we looked at so many fucking fields, <laughs> so many fields, so many bits of woodland, just like trapes around the countryside, walking like halfway up mountains to be like, well, this is shit. Let's drive four hours home. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, yeah, fuck, uh, then we found this place, which mm. is like, it just sort of came out of the blue, to be honest. We've been like looking for so long and it was like, oh, wow, that's perfect. That's actually like, shit we can actually afford it it's fucking perfect but it well it was going for auction and like the guide price was like like oh shit we could just about afford that um and like it didn't we almost didn't go because it was like it's too good it's just gonna get because we've tried to buy things at auction before and they'd gone for like fucking a hundred grand more than the guide mm. price and we're just like is it even worth the fucking drive for the auction we're probably not gonna get it and then yeah, fucking it actually happened and yeah. here we are now. It's Yeah. And, and yeah, let's just say Keridigian. Yeah, yeah. Keridigian. Yeah. Um very, very nice part of the world. Yeah, very good. Um It's nice. It's far enough It's far enough out of the way that like it's there's a very different vibe here. It feels yeah. like um, you know, Keep your neighbours happy and don't take the piss and just get on with your life and you'll be fine. Because, like, we're still, like, we're still taking the, like... we got two neighbours and we get on well with them. Um, and, like, no one seems to mind getting on pretty well with the folks in the local town, like, making a lot of friends and links. Everyone's getting work locally and... Yeah, like I said, touch wood, we seem to be fine here. And yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It's good things. Um, what was it like when you got here? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so fucked. Yeah. So fucked. There was like... <laughs> Jesus, when we first got here... Um, oh, so the whole of... Basically, whoever had done the house clearance, their version of doing a house clearance was drag all the, ha all the contents of the house and the barns. And like, if you've ever been on an old farm, like there's just sheds upon sheds full of random shit and they just dragged it all into the yard and then burned it in a pile and there was just like everything was covered in fucking ash of like molten plastic and like fucking new like partially burned newspapers 20 foot up a tree and fucking like mm. uh just ran like nails and fucking half burnt sofas and like because it had been empty for years since we um before we moved here um yeah, and there was like, there was no roof on the back of the house. It was um, like an old asbestos fucking um, like corrugated stuff roof, which had all collapsed in and rotted through in the bathroom. And we got, um, when we first moved here, we fucking, I remember getting like a bit, there was a big ash log basically and um, getting like hot pushing the ceiling back up as best I could. Um, while getting my mate to fucking just wedge the log in there to fucking like um and like 
that just is what held the ceiling up for about two years. Um, <laughs> and we were still like, we, you know, we cleaned it out, we unblocked the drains and we got the bathroom working. Um, and we put a, put a big tarpaulin over the whole of the back of the house and that was just like, just no one touched that fucking log. Basically, like, if you touch that log, the roof's coming down. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's no floorboards in, like... I'm sorry, all the floorboards had rotted through in, like, um, the front... Like, in one of the bedrooms at the time. Um, so we had to replace all the floorboards in there. Um, the plaster was all falling off the walls. Like, um, yeah, we fucking... Then knocked all the plaster off, replastered it all, um, fucking knocked down like the old roof off of the back of the house, um, rebuilt that roof, replastered it, re-insulated it. Um, yeah, Sonia made made new windows from scratch out of oak, which is fucking badass. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, did all of that. Um, painted the thing, fucking it didn't have any indoor plumbing, so we had to replace the. Um, oh god getting in the well and fucking digging the well out that was special it was like the we um a water comes from a spring and it goes to a big cistern down in the woods mm. and there was the old water system basically which we just about managed to get it like bodged running again um when we first moved here and i'd say about the first the first year was just every single piece of that water system breaking one after another it's like first the pump had blocked so you'd have to go out um in the middle of the night like in fucking january and like in the fucking woods with your like up to your elbows in fucking icy water trying to unblock the pump so you could have a bath or like or not even have a bath just so you could have water to cook dinner um, yeah. yeah like fucking re having to dig like about a five well about 400 odd meter long trench um to relay an entirely new pipe because the old pipe would just burst continually redoing all the fucking electrics to it like but yeah finally after replacing every single element of the water system one by one we have a tap in the house <laughs> it's great <laughs> yeah fuck. um oh what else was funny and trying to fix this place oh so we got um we bought a rayburn as well to put in the house to like um you know, it's a big wood burner to keep the house warm. It's got an mm. oven. It's got a hot plate. But it's also got a back boiler on it, which will do your hot water. Um, but we had... We got the fire before we'd done any of the plumbing or any of the time to, um, like, keep... Yeah, to um, to actually have the hot water tank plumbed into or anything. So for the first winter, we had... Um, basically, the back boilers on them. If you don't have any water in them and you burn the fire... It burns through the steel and fucks the back boiler and it then won't be able to make your hot water anymore. Mm. So um, we had to like fill it with water. But the problem with this is as soon as you put the fire on, the water in the back boils and it just jets steam into the kitchen. Um, so the solution we came up with to that in the end was to um, is to get like... So um, I play around with making like dodgy homemade whiskey and rum basically and I've got a still. Um so I got the big like copper spiral condenser off of that still um, and we put it into the back boiler um, and it would just condense the water coming out of it again. So it wasn't steam, at least it was water and it had just run into a bucket and that was OK. But eventually the water level in the back boiler would all boil down and you'd have to fill it back up with water, which would then involve um, having to... <coughs> 
having to like get a cloth or like a towel put it around the big riser pipe which comes out the back boiler and then very carefully pull the fucking pipe for the condenser out whilst it jetted like fucking red well like fucking probably about 200 odd degrees like pressurized steam water um, (laughs) out and try and catch it all with a towel until it stopped doing that to then be able to pour more water back in so it didn't boil the fucking um so it didn't burn the back boiler out and yeah that was the solution to having a fire in an oven for the first year that was (laughs) fucking that was a bit special but yeah now we have plumbing and a hot tap and a fucking bathroom with a hot tap in the bath and like oh jesus yeah that was good um they're probably the more interesting fucking ends of diy fix in this place um yeah i got electrocuted a few times with the dodgy electrics but (laughs) that's um (laughs) that's largely fixed now yeah it was very it was very like i quite like yeah whoever had lived here before us i quite like it they'd been very very DIY everything was just like fucking just extension leads into extension leads into extension (laughs) leads to like get power to all the barns and fucking like just fixing roofs by just like putting a sheet of plastic on it with a rock on it and (laughs) all of this stuff it's um yeah it's good yeah it's good what was Uh, the land like like you got some like veggie mm. patches now oh yeah yeah um chickens and turkeys yeah so well when we first moved here um one of our neighbors was renting the two fields off of us oh well off there was a like a pre-existing arrangement to rent the two fields up until march time maybe and we've got um in total we got about five acres um so there's like about half an acre yeah it's probably about half an acre of um sort of sort of woods sort of large muddy ditch um it's yeah it's it's really beautiful in the summer when all the bulrushes and all the wildflowers and the bog myrtle and everything come up in there i think it's bog myrtle i can't fucking remember what it's called anyway really beautiful in there um but also just like this time of year is just a swamp terrible cold wet swamp (laughs) um and then there's a couple of like there's the house in the yard and then there's a couple of fields which i'd say total about four acres between them um so when we first moved here it was like just it had been it had been sheep pasture for years and years and years and like was you know just pretty standard field of short grass with some sheep in it um yeah we've just been gradually gradually doing more and more with the land um like we're getting through it now with um there's the there was the big old um the old kitchen garden for the house when we first moved here as well like um which was kind of six foot deep in brambles with um yeah like just those sort of remnants of a completely fucked old greenhouse and loads of plastic plant pots which had disintegrated in the sun and gone into the soil and yeah like in rolls of barbed wire and all the shit of the world (laughs) and Mm. gradually that first the first like winter when we moved here because the sheep were still in the field so we couldn't start a garden in the fields until the rental agreement was up and the sheep had moved um we and yeah we just smashed all the brambles down by hand fucking dug all the roots out found we had like about seven or eight really nice old apple trees in amongst all of this um which were like massively overgrown and really needed pruned back and yeah sort of getting that all back into work now and 
yeah got it back to being quite a productive garden now and then mm. extended that garden onwards um started a new big patch of garden up in the back field put another like put a new big polytunnel up there um oh well there wasn't a polytunnel before but yeah a lovely big polytunnel up there um yeah we got Perhaps went a little overboard with the growing in fucking coronavirus times, to be honest. Because, like, while everyone else was doing, like, panic buying, we kind of did a bit of panic farming. <laughs> um, and fucking... Because, I don't know. We're a bit, like, some weird fucking crossover point between being, like, back to the land tippy types and also kind of fucking survivalist types. Um, yeah. And there's... Yeah it was a bit like oh is this actually the end of industrialized capitalism right we need to grow fucking a ton and a half of potatoes <laughs> yeah. um, i think we probably managed about 500 kilos of potatoes in the end but <laughs> fucking hell we had a lot of potatoes yeah um and as a yeah as a result of that we've now possibly got a bit more garden space than we actually need but, mm. but yeah got the and then we got yeah got chickens and turkeys and doing pretty well at the poultry these days um yeah, definitely getting sort of reliable eggs, and they um, they seem to do quite well on the long grass as well. Like we move them, they're kind of electric fenced in to like a reasonably large area, both with like movable hutches. Um, we move them around the grass, and they like they feed on the insects, they eat a lot of the grass, and then they um, kind of great. Yeah, they they squash the grass down and fertilize it with their crap, and then we move them onto new areas of grass once they've done that, and. You can see the areas we've been running the poultry on compared to the areas that we've kind of just left alone. The like difference in fertility there and the difference in the rate of growth of grass is amazing. Mm. Um, which is kind of be too expected, really, if you're yeah. just covering something in shit quite a lot. Yeah. It's really uh, interesting, the all the life that's coming up in the fields now. Mm. Really like, yeah. Yeah, loads of, um, planted about 400 odd trees, I think. Um, planted a bunch of hedges um yeah yeah sort of vague ambitions to get a couple of sheep at some point in the future and yeah I think, yeah i think once we've done that that's probably fucking time to think about trying to get more land <laughs> or, yeah yeah or make the things we're doing more efficient because that is actually yeah yeah didn't like the first the first year we were here it was just like oh fuck, what the fuck are we going to do with all of this then mm. like when there's no way we're going to grow this much veg and then well, there's no way we need to grow this much veg as well because like no one's really got an interest in being a market gardener but um we'd largely just want to feed ourselves and yeah kind of have access to nice tasty organic healthy food yeah yeah like fucking more be able to afford it as well isn't it like there's there's not that many areas now where you can't find access to good fucking wholesome vegetables but it's fucking expensive to eat as yeah. much as you want to and if you got space, start a garden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. And how did all you guys stay together? Sorry? So all you guys were from Yorkley Court, mm. pretty yeah, much. More or less, yeah. And like, were you basically the main crew that sort of stuck together throughout? Or yeah, were there, more were there or other less. people that came and get, went? Yeah, and... there was a lot of, um, yeah, there's been a lot of folks come and go, actually. Mm. Um, when we were first looking at trying to start like another land project, there was about, <clears throat> there's probably about 50 well more than that there's probably about 20 odd people all quite interested in doing it but yeah there was a lot of um very varying 
like very, very varying ideas in what people wanted, like from some people kind of wanting to start like completely like revolutionary fucking like back to the land fucking like sort of neo-peasant type things mm. um, to other folks that kind of just wanted a nice little cottage and a horse and then other folks that were like wanting to start kind of like a very family-centered almost like sort of semi like co-parenting type setup um because it was a lot of it was a sort of group of folks all having kids and they seemed to be a lot more family focused and trying to reconcile all of these things with each other it just sort of like it wasn't really gonna happen but we tried for quite a long time to make it happen and yeah yeah, yeah that wasn't um but fucking learned a lot in the process of doing all of that as well yeah um yeah it was good and like a bunch of the folks who've done that have gone off to other things now as well mm. um which is cool in fact i think found things that like suit them a lot more actually in their needs um, yeah 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 it's good hmm. yeah i mean considering the setup and expectations of this sort of place like you're all quite you're all grounded people mm-hmm. you're not airy fairy hippie types who is mm. or I I don't know did you have all those sort of people around and they all kind of filtered out and stuff or? yeah kind of used to be one of those people right, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. it's just I think like having a bit of um, yeah having a bit of like I don't know time between deciding houses were shit and like starting a land project I think that was quite good because it kind of like, um, yeah, kind of disillusioned. Do I mean disillusioned? Illusion? It gets rid of a lot of your like perhaps more, yeah, like I said, airy fairy um, illusion type things about the like, oh, it's all just going to be fucking picnics under an apple tree and mm. beautiful sunny days. It's like, no, it's fucking hard work. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like, it's for every like beautiful summer's fucking morning in the garden eating fucking fresh veg, there's like, yeah there's a fucking winter night of trudging through the mud with a gas bottle like it's um yeah it's fucking a kind of it's certainly you just switch this is always it i think you're just switching one set of problems for another like you don't ever get away from having fucking life being difficult i think but instead of having like your landlord's a prick and you're trapped in a boss you're trapped in a job you fucking hate and like you've got to deal with fucking all of this bullshit fucking world of living in a city um you just have a different set of problems like fuck i need firewood fuck i've got to sort of sort the garden fucking hell i've got to go and deal with the chickens now i've got to do this and that and like it's like but at least they're a lot more um they're problems you can solve yourself you know yeah um yeah they're thing or like it doesn't have to be yourself but like within like a group of people you can kind of cover all the bases normally and it's you can put your head together or like put your back into it and solve these problems which if you're trapped in a job you fucking hate but you have to stay there because your landlord's a twat like you can't really solve that by just going and hitting something with a hammer Mm. yeah and so how do you you're on like you've all got your own things going here you've all got your Mm. own jobs you do like work days on Saturday. Yeah. Um, yeah, you go talk about the forest and you get mm. your 
you got some sort of deal with a sort of oh the firewood the firewood yeah 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 that's pretty good we just fucking didn't realize this when we moved here at all but we yeah are just on the edge of a community woodlands which has got um you can pay them a certain amount a year to um cut your firewood from the forest and get like a coppice plot which is yeah that's that was really bloody handy because we yeah. didn't know what we were going to do for firewood and then just realized that was on our doorstep mm. that was that was really good actually coming to west wales was realizing that like there's a lot of projects and there's a lot of folk doing things out here that um you don't realize or at least you don't you know we were reasonably like networked and reasonably into people into sustainable agriculture and all of that kind of thing but until we moved here we didn't realize that there was so much going on and so many like people doing similar things it's very i don't know it's almost like i don't know yeah people keeping it on the down low a bit or people just like just getting on with it and not really bothering to like publicize things you know just just fucking living basically yeah. and seems to be yeah it seems to be good things happening out yeah, here yeah which is a lot better i suppose for sure mm. Mm. and what are you doing now for work uh landscaping yeah it's fucking yeah same old same old i did that for did that for yeah quite a few years eight or nine years before i ever fucked off living in a house and then yeah yeah kind of with um when the corona came along it fucked the events industry and it mm. fucked the tree planting and a lot of the seasonal work and i just was like oh god what am i gonna do and then yeah got back into doing the landscaping and construction again so it's, yeah um, yeah it's all right it's a paycheck yeah <laughs> work with sound folk there's a bit of variety but mm. yeah i do um get itchy feet a bit you know i want to go off <laughs> yeah but... want to go off and chase the seasons again yeah yeah which is yeah i should be yeah should be off tree planting in scotland again this winter i think no oh, nice. a good one nice do mad shit on mountains yeah yeah, yeah. bring your caravan along Mm. yeah see if it makes it there <laughs> we need to make the brakes work first it's a long old way yeah mm. <laughs> and then you all just pitch in a bit is it and then got a bit of communal money and yeah 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 we pay um out. yeah we pay rent to the co-op um yeah. which we then use to spend on things for the co-op which is nice which is yeah. that's been a really good way of doing things actually is like um being able to just like oh we want to build this thing or we want to do this thing or this thing needs fixed oh we've actually got money to do it which mm. is really nice yeah and it's like compared to like yeah compared to normal rent it's fucking it's really not very much but um between a few of you it certainly adds up and like yeah it's meant we've been able to like do the work we've been able to do here and turn it round and yeah yeah because i think like trying to do a place like this on your own unless well i don't know if you come from, like, if you've got money already or if mm. you're like a person who's got a good job and can earn the money like yeah i think it's well doable but we're all pretty like um yeah we're all, well we're all pretty skilled but not really skilled at earning money basically <laughs> yeah. um so yeah it's good to try and do it all together. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. oh, sweet. Yeah, it's been an hour and 40 minutes. Uh, that'll do, eh? Place to wrap up, yeah. Nice. She's <laughs> just doing this, Andy. It's all right. Nah, it's no. good. No, right, how do I take this off? Oh, you pinch it. You don't just... Yeah, pinch it, yeah.
and my head was absolutely pounding the morning after that conversation. Hopefully I should get a few more episodes with some of the other people who used to live at Yorkley Court. Any feedback or criticism upon whichever platform you are listening to would be much appreciated. And I'll play you out with this little jam that I had with some of the people at this uh, Andy's community. Enjoy. Thank you.
Ha <laughs> ha